Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, Durbanville Wine Valley will be celebrating the harvest season at its annual Feast of the Grape, which takes place at the Durbanville Racecourse over the weekend of the 2nd and 3rd of March. And joining me now is Bernard Vella. He's the owner of Natida Cellar and chairperson of the Durbanville Wine Valley route. Bernard, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. Nice talking to you. So and welcome and hello to the listeners as well. Feast of the Grape. It sounds sort of uh, very yummy. Feast of the Grape. Tell us what's happening. How long has this been going on? What what year is this that this has been happening? Uh, Karen, I think it's probably the seventh or eighth year that, we've, that we're doing it, but it's the first time we've decided to do it as a central festival rather than individual festivals on the farm. So how different... Uh, did, think, so carry on. Now carry on. I was going to ask how different that was going to be this year if it was all going to be in one place now. Yes, I think what we're really trying to do is we, we, we're trying to combine not only the wine farms but other aspects of the Durnville Valley into our, into our festival as well. So whereas before we would do individual festivals on the farm where each one of the farmers looked at showing their wines, this time we're not only going to show our wines, but we're going to show what the rest of the farming community does in the Durnville area as well. So we're going to have horses around, we're going to have cows around, we're going to have sheep around. Uh, we talk about lots of action, of course, for the kids always because we tend to be a kid-friendly environment. Uh, so there's lots and lots of things to do on, on, on the thing. And, and because we can do it centrally, I think there's so much more with that we can offer in, in one in one area. Quite an unusual venue you've chosen, though, Bernard. Yeah, we're trying to look for something a little bit more neutral um, because uh, uh, when it gets to sort of presenting brands in, on one of the farms, that get, can get a little bit tricky. Um, and also the, the golf course is just such a beautiful environment with these uh, beautiful lush green lawns that we don't necessarily have on the farms and all the facilities to present food and things like that. So it becomes quite an ideal venue for, for, for the presentation of such a central uh, festival. So how many wineries are going to be on show at the festival? We're, we're 10 wineries that, that belong to the Durnville Wine Valley Association, and we all 10 are going to be there. Uh, and most of them have restaurants on the farms as well, and those farms will be presenting food for the, for, for the first festival and, and over the two days of the Saturday and the Sunday. So there's food and wine, so people can have something to eat yeah, while they're busy and, tasting. And there'll be stuff for kids uh, to, 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 to eat as well, and... So we try and keep care of quite a sort of broad spectrum of people. There'll be live music on the day, so it'll, it'll be a great fun day, not only to try our wines, but to sit around and have some good food and generally have a, uh, have a fun time on, on beautiful lawns in, in our beautiful valley. Well, talking about fun times, there are two things that piqued my interest. The one was the grape stomping, and the other one was milking a cow. And it's not as easy as people think. I have tried it before. Well, I, I think it's very hard. And yeah. I think it's, it's something that we're experiencing in our schools around the area. You know, a lot of people are so uh, urbanized nowadays, if they've seen a car, sometimes kids are lucky, never mind getting close to one and milking one. So I think that's quite an opportunity for kids to get involved with. And uh, we hope we have tolerant cars that allow all this to happen. <laughs> so no, it's, it, I said it was over the weekend of the 2nd and 3rd of March. And what yeah. times is it open and what are the ticket prices, that sort of thing? It's both, it's both uh, Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend from uh, 12 till 5 is the official uh, festival time. Uh, but we'll probably close around about 6 o'clock in the evening to allow people to get home and, and, and get all little ones to bed and things like that. The prices are 100 rand for adults, and the 100 rand gives you access to the venue. It'll give you the wine tasting, gives you a, a beautiful uh, a wine glass, not just a, a simple taster, but a proper nice wine glass, uh, the music and, and all the entertainment that goes with it. Uh, kids are 50 rand a person per, per child, uh, and that gives them access to... Well, the kids' entertainment we've set up, and there's going to be funny uh, rides and face painting and jumping castles and lots and lots of stuff like that. We're also trying to sort of introduce a bit of the old sort of uh, festival thing, like so we'll have toffee apples and popcorn and, and candy floss and all that sort of stuff around for the little ones. So we're really trying to make it an old-fashioned farm festival. Now, I'm, I read in some promo information that you were going to be having something old-school games. What old-school games? Well, I think we're talking about sack races and egg. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> and apples out of the dumb and things like that. So it's, it's, it's really trying to get a little bit more traditional and some of the old-style way of entertaining around farmyards and that sort of thing. Don't, don't call them old, Bernard, because I remember those things. It's making me feel very well, old now, sack races. <laughs> and... I'm in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you I've got young kids and they don't know about those things. Oh, don't, 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 don't mention it, Bernard. Just sort of say, oh, really, this is something new. Never seen this yeah. before. <laughs> It could make me yeah. feel very old here. Oh, those are fun. I mean, the egg and spoon races and sack races and, you know, bobbing for apples. I mean, those are all, all really no, no, all fun things. things. Yeah. Really fun. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, I think kids get so involved in electronic stuff mm. nowadays that I think we lose out on some of those really sort of fun things that we did as kids. Absolutely. That's a great fun. 
Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that the tickets were 100 rand for adults, 50 rand for children. Now, I know you can book them directly through its webtickets.co.za, but if people just pitch up on either one of the Saturday or the Sunday, can they buy the tickets when they get there or not? You can buy the tickets at the door, although we we would like to encourage people to to buy uh, tickets beforehand um, because we do have a limit of how many people we will allow into the venue on on each of the days. I was going to ask you about Uh, that. What is the limit? We, we, we're hoping for uh, 6,000 people for the weekend. So wow. we're talking about probably three, three and a half thousand people a day. Okay, that, that's an, a large number of people. But there's, it's a big it is, space. The venue's the big, and we've, uh, so we've got lots and lots of food stalls. And, and we're not only got, we, we don't only have food stalls from, from the restaurants, but we've got some guys bringing shakateria in. We've got some cheese guys around. We've got two uh, dairy farms that are produce, produce, uh, presenting their product around. There's going to be honey and cake and all sorts of stuff. So there's lots and lots of stuff for people to eat and drink and um, have fun with. Well, if you were wanting to know what to do this weekend, there you go. Lots of fun things happening at the Durbanville Racecourse. And it's going to be a wonderful family event. That's the nice thing, though, Bernard, is you've, you've included the children very well. So it's a, it really is a family outing. Mm, It's a very, very good family outing, a a nice, wholesome one with all those fun things from back in the day before we remember. Hey, it's a long, long time ago. I think we're going to bring some old tractors in. There's some big new tractors. And so, you know, we we had some tractors on the farm for for, for a function that we did about a year ago. And uh, the biggest jungle gym were the big tractors. Oh, wow. Kids love being on them. Well, that sounds like a load of fun. And well, uh, it, yeah. it sounds like you're going to have a wonderful weekend, Bernard. And I wish you a, a full house, lots and lots of yep. people. And I hope you all have a great time. Thank you very much. And, and just to let everybody know, the weather look, is looking fantastic. So we'll have wonderful two sunny days. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Bernard, thank you so much for joining me and telling us all about that. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for the interview. Pleasure. Have a good evening. Good good night. Bernard Vela is the owner of Natida Cellar and chairperson of the Durbanville Wine Valley Route. And if you'd like to find out more about Feast of the Grape, take a look at the website. It's www.durbanvillewine.co.za. And he suggests you book because they well, limited 3,500 people per day, but there are limited tickets. You need to book your tickets before you get there if you can. It's www.webtickets.co.za and it's called Feast of the Grape. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, staying with wine and wine festivals, it's off to Paul now for the annual Omiberg Round the Rock Festival, which is fast becoming a favourite harvesting fair in the Paul Winelands. It's taking place on Saturday the 9th of March, and to tell us what to expect this year, I'm joined now by Annelise Strubel, and she's the CEO of the Paul Wine Route. Annelise, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corinne. Thank you for the opportunity. Lots and lots of wonderful wine things happening. I was just talking to Bernard Veller about the Durbanville one this weekend, you the following weekend. So tell me what we can expect, because Omi Berg has also been going for quite a while now. Yeah, it's our sixth year that we're hosting Omi Berg. And, um, well, traditionally, getting harvest sellers are normally close to the public. Um, so in Paul, what we do is once a year, um, year in harvest, every second Saturday in March, actually, we open the cellars to, to visitors to come and taste the young wine of that harvest. So in this case, it will be this year's harvest, 2013. And people can actually taste wine straight from the tank that's unfiltered and filtered, um, paired with the onion tart. Wow, okay. So that, that's actually quite unusual because normally if you're coming to the cellars, you don't normally get to taste the very young wines. Yeah, that is what makes the art festival so unique, um, is the fact that you can actually taste the young wines. It actually came about from the Navarro Festival that was held years ago um, on Paul Mountain. How many sellers are taking part this year, Annelise? We've got 17 wine um, sellers participating this year, and they're all situated around our famous Paul Rock. Which is an a icon in itself, if you like. I mean, everybody knows Paul Rock. Magnificent. Yes. yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about some of the sellers that will be taking part. Because, I mean, people, I think, are aware of some of the bigger sellers. But tell us about, I mean, I think people would know Niederberg, for example. But tell yes. us what else is out there. Well, it is a decentralized event. So basically what happens, um, each of the 17 wineries do host their own events on the day. And um, the events that they host is actually very true to their nature and personality. So, like, for instance, like you mentioned in Niederberg, um, they, you know, home to SA MasterChef. So what they will do is they will present a food and wine pairing tutorial for people to, to come and join in. And then you've got like boutique wineries um, where we've got Cape Wine Master Mary Lou from Blackpool Wines that will give you a glimpse and perhaps even a hands-on experience in a cellar. And then also a very unique opportunity at Oldham 
private vineyards where the owner, Dr. Gregory Olson, who was the third civilian to visit the International Space Station in 2005. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Yeah, he will give actually a talk um, on his experience and people can actually, you know, stand a chance to win a bottle of wine um, with the International Space Station label on. Wow. Okay, you can't buy those. You have to go to the talk and hopefully win one. Yes, yeah, there's a raffle going for, for one of those. That's actually quite a unique event to have at a wine festival, somebody who's actually been up in space. Yes, and what is so nice is that each of our wineries actually do have one unique event that they actually do have. You know, we've got vinotherapy going on um, that's very unique to, to Melissa Vineyards and, you know, um, Fairview, very known for their cheese. Um, and their masterclass tastings. And yeah, so each winery actually do have one event that's very unique to, to themselves. So well, how many people are you expecting at the, at the festival? And being, being a decentralized festival, it's it just, you know, you can take a lot more people because they're moving around all the time. Yeah, I mean, um, last year we had just short of 4,500 people. Um, so we're expecting, we normally grow about 1,000 people per, per year. So we're expecting around about 5,500 this year. Um, yeah, and people can actually move around in shuttles that we've got um, traveling between the farms. So they can park their, their cars um, and then make use of the shuttles so they don't actually need to, to worry about the, the alcohol consumption and traveling. And we've also got a service called Scooter Angels on hand for people who actually want to make use of them to travel home. Now, I have heard of them. They are active here in Cape Town. But t- t- yes. For those who don't know about Scooter Angels, tell people what they are. <laughs> it's actually a service where people, you know, that they, they actually drive your car home for you. Um, and then, you know, they've got another car following just to take the, the driver home again. And they will, the special for our festival is they charge nine rand a kilometre. Um, their normal rate is 11 rand a kilometre. And they will also waive the um, membership fee of 50 rand that you need to pay up front. So anyone can actually make use of them during our festival. I have to just ask you, Annalise, why is it only on for one day? Well, um, historically, you know, I think what happened was because it's August, um, we Mm. felt, you know, on the Saturday, people kind of like look for something else to do and want to get out of Cape Town. Um, And that's how we we started with, with Round the Rock. What we do on the Sunday for people that really want to take things a bit slower, um, you know, they, they don't want to do like the the whole festival vibe, um, a lot of our wineries actually do offer um, very nice lunches, some wine tastings as well. Um, um, Alton Winery actually do a seven-course food and wine pairing on the Sunday. Um, so, yeah, there's special events happening on the Sunday, although the, the festival is officially only on the 9th of March. And is this a family event? And at least can you to do? I mean, you know... Apart from, from all the unique experiences that we offer, um, each of the wineries also will offer a harvest um, event, you know, grape stomping, wine blending, etc. And we also focus that, you know, that there is children activities at each of our wineries um, and even food that is child-friendly. Now, if people wanted to come out, it's on the Saturday. What time does it start on the Saturday morning? It starts from 10 and it runs through till 6 o'clock. And people can book tickets through computicket.com. Um, that's 80 rand per person. And then there's also tickets available on the day at each of the participating sellers for 100 rand. Okay. Now, if people are coming out there, they might want to stay over. How's the accommodation looking? I mean, I know there's lots of accommodation out in that part of the world, but are you full already or is there still time uh, no, for people to I book? Think, um, some of the wineries um, that do have um, guest houses on the farms are full. But um, people can also just go to www.polonline.com. And that is for Paul Tourism, where they can actually um, book accommodation. Okay, and there's lots of B&Bs. There's accommodation on the farms themselves. We've been out and stayed at a few of them. I know there's yes. a Ridgeback. I think we've stayed there. That was wonderful. And Labourie also has wonderful accommodation yes, as well. Yeah, people can still try at Labourie and Ridgeback. Um, I've already had... Um, some inquiries, you know, for people that want to stay on the wine farms, um, but there's, there's several of them around. So I'm sure that there's, there's still some space available. And as you said, if the people want to stick around for the Sunday, I mean, a lot of those restaurants on the farms are open on a Sunday, so and they can go yes. and do wine tastings and have lunch and whatever else they want to do as well. Absolutely, yeah. Laborie is actually hosting on the evening of the 9th. They've got a, a, a music um, concert with Matthias Ritz um, and 
on and then on Sunday night Revox Kluwerf. Um they've got DNA strings actually performing as well. So, so there's a lot going on there. Yes, yes. And if people can't get down there for the 9th of March, you said the website was parlonline.com. That's the tourism um, website. Yes. And, uh, you, I mean, people can come any time of the year. They don't only have to come on the 9th of March. No, not at all. Um, they can actually, our official wine route website is parlwine.co.za. And people can actually visit us there for unique wine experiences. Um, we've got really exciting food and wine pairings happening throughout the year. Um, you know, because we are so privileged to have KWV, Niederberg, Lavery, etc. on our doorstep. Um, and then awesome off-the-beaten-track um, experiences, you know, small wineries where you actually, you know, get a one-on-one with a winemaker, um, you know, when you visit them. This is your big festival coming up now, as I mentioned, next Saturday. What other big festivals can we look forward to in the rest of the year, or is this pretty much the biggest one that you do out there? Um, this is the biggest one that we do. Um, during August, we also have a Shannon and Shiraz um, challenge that we run where we actually select the best poll, um, wine in poll. Um, and that is um, accompanied by, you know, with a consumer tasting, but that's on a much smaller scale and it's very one-on-one with the winemakers. And then we also have our Vata Blumiki Festival that's um, taking place in September and that's... Um, as by two of our wineries, um, Bentmiel and, and Revox Kluwerf. And then we're also um, launching a new festival in November called our, our Street Carnival um, with loads of um, food and wine pairings. Um, our restaurants really taking part, our art galleries. So it's going to be more of a fun fair um, with more of a tourism um, slant to it than only wine. So you're going to be very busy for the rest of the year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not a bad thing when it comes to tourism, though. No, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's you know, we're very privileged to, to actually live here and, and for me to do this job. So, yeah, it's great. We'll just get to, get to get back to the festival on the 9th of March. The tickets are 100 Rand. And what about children under 18, I think, are free. Is that correct? Yeah, children under 18 accompanied by um, adults are, are free. And um, early ticket, booking tickets are um, 80 Rand through CompuTicket. Okay, so it's 100 Rand if you pitch up. And, and, and would then you could you could buy the ticket at your first port of call, whichever winery you decide to go to first. You buy your ticket there and then you can move along to yes, the others. Yes, yeah. Then you get your, your um, tasting glass. That's a stylish tasting glass. Your um, access pass, your program, um, and then you're on your way. Okay, I just, you mentioned earlier about the onion tartlets. Is this sort of, why why the onion tartlet? I'm just curious. Well, it's actually based on a German tradition. Um, you know, the, this tradition actually comes from Germany, where it's Peter Weiser and Kuchen, and that's what they call the onion tart. And it's really, it's the young wine, it's unfiltered wine, and um, that they pair with the onion tart, because the young wine, it's got, um, it's got a 45% um, alcohol. It's, it's got sort of a, a sweeter taste to it. And the onion tart, because it's quite rich, actually balanced the, the unfiltered wine quite well. Um, but, yeah, people should not drink too much unfiltered wine. No, and uh, <laughs> make sure you eat something. And uh, don't Absolutely. don't drive if you're going to be drinking too much wine. Absolutely. That's why we're doing the shuttles, we're doing the scooter angels. Um, we really um, support responsible drinking. And a really good idea, possibly stay over for the Saturday evening and come back to Cape Town relaxed on the Sunday. Absolutely, come join in our lifestyle. Absolutely, gosh, we'd all be we all be permanently relaxed then, Annalise. It just sounds Absolutely. wonderful out there. Yeah, our mountain also has got like very nice energy. Well, there you go. <laughs> it sounds like a wonderful day. I hope I wish you much success and loads of people, and uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Thank you, Corinne, and thank you once again for the opportunity. Only a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this evening. Thank you. Annalise, good night. Annalise Struble is the CEO of the Powell Wine Route. And for more information, you can take a look at the website. It's www.omiberg. It's O-M-M-I-B-E-R-G. Omiberg.co.za. Bookings are at CompuTicket, or you can buy your ticket at your first port of call. And if you want to find out more about Powell, the tourism, what's happening out there, it's www.powellonline.com. Time to travel with Karen Key.
And just a few pieces of information for you. British Airways has announced a series of Discover Canada fares with return flights starting from 9,667 Rand. The special runs until the 9th of March, so you don't have much time to go. It includes fares to Calgary, Toronto and Vancouver with outbound travel between the 15th and the 30th of April. And if you want more information, you can either contact your local travel agent or you can have a look at the website. It's www.ba.com. And then staying with airline news, um, you might remember I spoke to Swiss airline Edelweiss at the end of last year. Well, they've confirmed that they're reinstating their seasonal Cape Town to Zurich service in October because their first year, which was the 2012-2013 year, was actually pretty good. And they've had promising bookings then, so they've decided to come back. Well, the airline first launched the route in October 2011. And according to Air Business Development Manager Michael Trestle, although the first year presented several challenges, including building brand awareness, a year later they were already experiencing an extremely positive trend and that apparently is the driving force for them to continue their seasonal schedule to the mother city. Well, flights for the new season are slated to depart Cape Town on Tuesdays and Fridays, returning on Mondays and Fridays. And then just a bit of interesting news. I found this quite amusing. The U.S. town, it's called Boring, and there's a Scottish village called Dull. Well, the two of them have announced plans for an official Boring and Dull Day in an attempt to lure tourists. Apparently, tourists aren't too happy about going to towns called Boring and Dull. Well, the two settlements agreed to form a transatlantic partnership last summer for no other reason than their mutually mundane names. Well, now, politicians in Oregon, where Boring is found, are attempting to make August the 9th the one year anniversary of their twinning, an official day to celebrate all things humdrum. And according to Stephen Bates, who's apparently been described as the unofficial mayor of Boring by the Associated Press, the idea to pair the two communities came from a Scottish biker who had passed through the US town last year, adding that he's amazed at the attention that the partnership has received. Well, no suggestions were offered for how residents might mark the day, but an event in London could prove inspiration. The third annual Boring Conference took place at York Hall in Bethnal Green last November, and tickets apparently sold out weeks in advance. It featured featured such amazingly interesting topics such as electricity pylons, yellow lines, toast, shop fronts, and self-service checkouts. Not sure if I'll be booking a trip to Boring or Dull anytime soon. Time to travel with Karen Key. You probably recall a few weeks ago, I started putting out little messages on the station and also on my show, Time to Travel, about a feature I was hoping to start called My Town. I was asking you out there to tell me a little bit about where you live and what is so special about where you live. Possibly just one special thing that if somebody came to visit you in your town, you could tell them, oh, you mustn't miss that. Or there's got to be something. There's something everywhere. So I was hoping that a lot of people would write in and email me or post something on Facebook. And I've had quite a number of responses. So this evening, we're going to hear from the first one there's going to be a number of them but tonight's the first one and this is sandy trevor roberts and she says she lives in the beautiful kwazulu natal town of kloof and she says they've got bragging rights in kloof sandy good evening welcome to the show good evening corin yes we do have bragging rights because the national geographic said that we are one of the three ideal places in the world to live don't ask me which the other two are forgotten but we are we are 25 kilometers west of durban and when you come up the hill, it's about 1,500 feet above sea level. You can feel the difference. The, the, the humidity is far less. And the air is absolutely pristine. There is no industry here. And, it, it, and it's temperate climate. It's just beautiful. It's very, very lush. Many, many millions of trees. Beautiful, beautiful gardens. And they say gardening here is not planting. It's cutting back. And that's, that's absolutely true. You can see the sea from the top of the uh, Fields Hill, and you can also we also have this amazing gorge where there are lots of hiking trails. Oh, that's just one of the conservancies. We have uh, quite a few nature reserves here, where the gorge is the huge one, but there are others as well. And there's also a big memorial park where people can take their dogs and 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 meet everybody. And it's just it's just a splendid, splendid place to be. You mentioned Fields Hill, and to give people some idea of that, those who watch the Comrades and we watch yes. it on television, that is infamous. Um, Fields Hill. Yes, it's infamous or famous. Or what kind Whichever, of what, yeah. <laughs> you come you come to Fields Hill through a, a, along the old main road and through a beautiful canopy of trees. 
And then, of course, then you hit the, the hill, which is after a field, a field family which owned this place. It was a farm uh, in the 1800s, 1840s. And um, so it was, a, it was a farm, and the field's name is still very much prevalent here. And they gave this huge area for the SBCA, the golf club, and um, some of the super-rich businessmen in Durban built their homes here uh, as a weekend retreat when it seemed very far away, which, of course, is a step away from Durban now. But it's just such, a, it's such an amazing place. There's so much bird life. We even had zebras and small um, game in, in the gorge. And um, there, also, there, there are lots of churches if you want to ascend. There are five churches within walking distance. Um, it's a very public-spirited area. The conservancies are very much in evidence that keep Kloof beautiful. People try to keep it beautiful and litter-free and pristine. And it's a very, very friendly place. There are only two shopping centers, so people go there, and you, and you always bump into people. And people here all have smiles. Everybody's friendly. And it's just, it's just such a splendid place to, to live. And I've um, lived here all my married life, so... Speaking with strength here. <laughs> You've uh, you mentioned also the Kloof Gorge and the falls, and I think you mentioned that you can actually see it from your property. But there's there's hiking trails. I mean, people want to go walking there. There's that, and there's you know other hiking, casual walking. Um, there's a picnic area there as well, and that, which is amazing. And you like you, you said in your email to me that there's an entrance fee, which uh, happily keeps out the litter bugs. Yes, yes. It's a there's a beautiful Kloof Falls, and for the, for the strollers there are trails. But for the ones who are, you know, really fit, they are six and eight hour uh, walks, hikes, and, and with guides, of course, they are here. And so there, there is something for everybody, but especially we love the nature reserves. And it's very countryfied, even now, it's all countryfied with country roads. And But the birds, we, we have uh, kites and sparrow hawks and owls and just, you know, plentiful, plentiful uh, of everything, plenty now, of everything. Now, you're lucky enough to live up there, Sandy. What yes. if people were coming up there for a holiday? Are there lots of places to stay? There are. There, there, there are lots of lovely B&Bs. No hotels, but, um, well, you can call Macaranga a hotel. It is. Yes, it is now. But they mainly lots of lovely B&Bs, beautiful ones. And, um, yes, I, it's really recommended. Such a stone's throw from Durban. If you, if, you, if you need to be staying, watching the rugby or the cricket or whatever is on, um, you can stay in Durban and you can go. And then the airport's not too far away. So everything is just here for everybody. It's wonderful. How, how big is Kloof itself? I mean, loads of people um, living there. It's a quite small community. Gosh, yes. It is. It, it used to be. The last count I heard was 15,000. It's probably more like 20,000 now, I would say. Gosh, as you're growing in leaps and bounds yes, here. Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. Well, is it, people like you come and talk about a wonderful place like Kloof. Everybody's going to not want to come on a holiday. They're going to want to come and move there. Yes, they do. They should come and move here. That's exactly right. Now, you mentioned as well about gardening is not called planting up there. It's, it's called cutting back. Mm-hmm. And you you were telling me in your email that everything there grows in a heartbeat. It does. You can just plant, put anything on the ground, it grows. You don't have to nurture it. You just leave it. There's lots of rain, especially this summer. And, um, yes, everything grows. It's, and my husband is forever cutting back and cutting back so that we can see our view, you know. Because our view is so beautiful. And uh, being a relatively, I mean, 15,000 or 20,000 people is not exactly a small place. But what about, you know, people have this sort of addiction to shopping. Can they do that up there? Oh, yes, they, they, they absolutely can. And, of course, the little towns nearby, there's Pine Town down the hill, which uh, used to be quite fun shopping, but now not, not so great. But you can go to Hillcrest and Gillett, which are the next ones, and Waterfall, which is the next one. So, yeah, there's, there's, there, there's infinite variety of good stuff. Lots of coffee shops and craft markets, and people are, you know, into all of that. And it's generally a very friendly, cozy, chummy place and a wonderful place to raise children. We've done, we've raised four children. We have very, very happy, and there's some very good schools, both government and private schools here. Very, very good. 
Now, I, I, I've spoken quite a number of times to the people up in Nottingham Road, up in KwaZulu-Natal, and, and a lot of the, in inverted commas, shopping, if you like, is it's very much artisanal, where people are making cheeses, making this, making... Yes. Is it that same kind of arts and crafts type lifestyle no, available very, there? No, because that is very flat there. This is very undulating. It's very up and down. And, uh, and no, it's a totally different feel from Notties. Mm. And as far it's as, lovely as though. I'm lovely and love notties too. As far as as I mentioned, things like artisanals, the the arts and crafters making things. Do they can yes. you buy that sort of thing? There is it very much sort of yes, as you said, it's countryfied. They have a Shangweni market, which is where the polo ground is, and and it's every Saturday from six, and you wouldn't believe it, but it's just always full, and there's everything to buy from flowers to breakfast to cheese to homemade all sorts and. Uh, all sorts and paintings and yes, very people have a lot of initiative. They are sewing groups, they are quilting groups, at all sorts of interest groups. The Women's Forum, Women's Institute, lots of clubs to join, garden clubs of the law, of course. So there's something for everyone here. Mm. Oh, they should be called as you called them cutting back clubs because they you said <laughs> it's not really gardening, it's not planting. Well, they it's come with like, all their cuttings. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> You can't them in your garden. <laughs> Sandy, it sounds like a wonderful place to live, and hopefully people listening to this now have got another destination if they're wanting to go somewhere on holiday, looking yes. for those special places. And as you said, National Geographic once described Kloof as one of the three ideal places in the world to live. I think because of the, the climate and because there's no, there's no industry here and it lichen grows everywhere, and that's an indication that you know how clean the air is. Well, I have to thank you so much for writing in and telling me all about where you live. And uh, as you said, you, you have bragging rights. And you said at the end of your email, I guess that's enough showing off. And by the sounds of it, you're quite entitled to show off. It sounds absolutely <laughs> fabulous up there. Well, I sound like an ambassador, I think. <laughs> well, that, that's great. We need more people like you out there that are out there as ambassadors for their own towns. Because I always believe that we should become tourists in our own towns before we venture out anywhere else. So, well, before we venture to Australia or America or the UK. Just enjoy definitely. where you come from. And by all accounts, uh, Sandy, I don't think you'd find a more beautiful place. No. Well, other than Cape Town, you know, but that's just me. Oh, yes. <laughs> we'll let you have that. <laughs> thank you. But thank you so very much for joining us on the show this evening. Such a pleasure and love your program. Thank you, Sandy. Okay, Clara. I was chatting there with Sandy Trevor Roberts and she took part in my little project that I'm running now called My Towns. She wrote to tell me about the beautiful KwaZulu-Natal town of Kloof. And if you'd like to highlight your town or a specific area of interest in your town, please drop me an email on travel at safm.co.za or you can post it on Facebook. Go to travel on SAFM. So start thinking and drop me a line. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, joining us in the studio again this evening is Teresa Shevawa, and she is the MD of Trafalgar. And you might remember over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about their inspired holidays. One, we went off to the English country gardens in the UK. We've been to explore the battlefields of World War I and World War II. Well, something slightly different, a little more on the decadent side. We're going to experience their Flavours of Italy tour. Teresa, good evening. Welcome back to the show. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, Corinne. This sounds... Oh, delicious. <laughs> I, I was just reading through some of the things that you were going to experience and I thought, I'm getting hungry just reading about this. <laughs> so tell me now, this uh, Flavors of Italy tour, it's one of your inspired holidays. Yes. Just give us a little bit of background for those maybe who've missed out on the last couple of interviews we've done. What exactly is the inspired holiday all about? Right, so the inspired holidays have really been put together to attract people that want to go over uh, to a specific place in Europe with a particular interest, like we did with the World War One and Two. You know, with the centenary year coming up next year, there's a huge interest for and a following of people that are interested in the, in actually hearing and learning more about World War One and Two. The same as the English country gardens. You know, we felt that after the Olympics, many people wanted to go back to UK to see a little bit more of the heritage of England. So we put this wonderful inspired holiday together for them. And now going back to the food, you know, there are 
so many people that ask me about food tours. You know, can they go on a cooking tour? What can they do to arrange, you know, going over and having the whole experience of actually having a lesson of cooking in a specific area like Italy? I mean, Italy, the first thing you think of when you think of Italy is all the wonderful flavors, the delicious uh, dishes, um, and that beautiful cuisine that they have. The thing about, I've been looking through the itinerary of this uh, Flavors of Italy tour, but the thing about this, Teresa, it's not just all about the food. You get to see the highlights of the history. I mean, because Italy is full of the most amazing places to visit, which yes. don't involve the food. Yes. So you're getting almost a bit of both worlds, effectively. Yes. And you can also go do shopping in the markets. We'll go, we'll go through it now in a moment. But there's shopping in the markets. You're going to learn to cook in a restaurant. You're going to enjoy... Um, I think it's wine tasting on a wine farm. You're going to That's go and right. eat and drink with the people who live and work there. So it's really in, in involving yourself in yes. life in Italy. I mean, yes, gosh, sure. do people actually want to get back home and get on the bus <laughs> and come back? Well, Italy is <laughs> one of our favorite destinations. I must tell you, Karen, we've got over 20 different itineraries just on Italy wow. with various, various different combinations of different er visiting different areas of Italy. So for us, um, you know, people were going back to Italy and again and again, we had to offer them something different. So it's not only about the food, as you say, we've just pulled that thread out as a common interest that people have of why they'd love to go back to Italy. And we've built around that and included all the wonderful sites to give them a beautifully balanced uh, guided holiday. The other thing about your tours, Teresa, that I noticed from the last time we were speaking, as well it's not effectively a south african tour group that goes over to wherever you're going this is yes. an international group of people so you're yes. getting to meet people from literally all over the world who'll be joining you on this holiday yes well all over the english-speaking world mm. you know we have a huge following from america canada australia new zealand uk and of course south africa we make up quite a small portion actually but it is lovely to meet you know as we would say like-minded people people with a common interest, and you can all communicate easily and freely. So it's a, it's a lovely way to meet friends as well. You know, I've got the most amazing stories of people that went on their first guided holiday with us, met up with people from, you know, Canada and America, whatever. And since then, they've been joining up on different holidays, oh, meeting right. each other as friends. So, travel companions yes, almost. Yes, exactly. So you talk a lot of the time about the different tours, but you're talking from personal experience a lot of the time because yes. you've actually gone to check this out. You're not sort of sending <laughs> us off on into uncharted waters as it were. No, no. You've actually been there, done that, got the t-shirt. This is fabulous, you said. Yes. So let's send everybody else off. No, absolutely. No, we get to enjoy the holidays. I mean, I've been with a company for several years, enjoyed many, many of their wonderful, wonderful holidays. And every time I come back, and I say this to my staff, every time I come back and I say, you know, I'm actually underselling this product. I had the most magnificent <laughs> holiday. I really should gush about it more because you really do have the time of your life. It is a wonderful experience. Experience. It's a wonderful way to really see Europe. Right, so let's start off now. So we, we're arriving in Rome. Okay. Yes. How, first of all, how long okay. is this tour? Okay, this is a 10-day tour. Okay. Okay, 10 days meaning it's nine nights and 10 days. Okay. And um, we start off in Rome, and I always, you know, want to suggest to people that Rome is such an amazing city. You've only got two days there with, with Trafalgar. Why not add an extra night and start off with a day on your own in Rome because there is so much to do in Rome and also after a long flight you know you can recover a little bit familiarize yourself um, in the city it's very easy to get around Rome and then start the holiday with us okay so, so are you advising people pitch up a day early pitch up a day do your early. own thing get yourself all sorts sorted and together yes. and then go off on this and adventure the, the next day yes. and of course okay. we can arrange that for you as well at exactly the same hotel so it won't be an inconvenience to you but starting off in Rome, you know, as you say, you, there are many sites in Rome that you just have to see. And you, first of all, meet your travel director. Now, your travel director is a local director. They really do know the area. They're born and raised in that area, so they can give you a lot of information right from the onset of the trip. Would he then stay with you for the duration of the for 10 days? For the entire days? duration of the trip. And really, he... They, they're an absolute pleasure to be around because they're so proud. They love their country. They just can't tell you enough about every place that you visit. So on the first day, you have what we call a little welcome reception 
where you get to have a few snacks and a glass of wine, meet your travel director, and he gets to tell you exactly what's going to happen over the next few days, how everything works. You get to meet your fellow, you know, companions and the travelers that you'll be with for the next 10 days. And then from the next day, you actually start your um, city sightseeing trip. You know, in the evening, that evening, you still get to do an orientation, a little trip of Rome. And in the lights and everything, it's really Mm. quite lovely. And it's just a drive around where he points out various different sites. You can get out for a snapshot. But that's all included. You know, the orientation sightseeing, the sighting is all included. On the very next day, we have a nice early start on day two. And here, of course, is your first real taste of sightseeing with the group of Rome. So you're going to get to see, you know, all the major sites, the Colosseum, the Circus Maximus, um, the Roman Forum. There also you're going to have a local guide. Even though you've got our travel director with you throughout the trip, you still have local specialist guides. So you'll still meet the guide. And um, again, it's getting to see and uh, meet another Italian face, another person that has their own little story to tell you. And they take you on this lovely sightseeing trip of Rome. And then the following day, of course, you leave Rome. You know, that's how quickly it all happens. The next day, um, you're going off to uh, Colla Valdesa. And here, it's quite a long drive through uh, Grieven in Chianti. Of course, this is the Chianti wine region. So this is where it all starts because here you're going to get an opportunity to actually go to a wine farm, see how the wine is produced, do the wine tastings, enjoy a glass of wine. You know, as on all of our um, holidays that are that travel through wine regions, we include the local wine with their dinners as well. Oh, right, okay. So you get to experience that Chianti wine, which is very, very tasty. I must say, I enjoyed it very, very much. And then they start to tell you about the different foods in the different region. And of course, here you'll get to visit an olive oil outlet. You know, olive oil is very, very big in Italy. And there are many places that you can go to to actually see how it's produced. You hear exactly what the difference is between virgin and extra virgin. You know, so many people worry about or wonder about um, all the different oils. There you really get to taste the most delicious extra virgin oils. And you get to enjoy it with as part of your meals as well. You have one of those Be My Guest dinners, I think, while you're yes. in that area. Yes, and that is really run. Again, a Be My Guest experience is where we invite our guests into the home of locals. Often our guests say to us that they want a true, authentic experience. They want to meet the locals. And this is how the Be My Guest experience came about. So they get to be invited into this family-owned vineyard. It's a beautiful, beautiful vineyard. It really has a lovely view over the over the Chianti Hills and here they get to actually enjoy a dinner the family come out and you know let them um, enjoy all the tastings of the oils of the wines of what have you and they lay on a lovely meal for them so it really is a very very nice experience and then we're off to Florence after we've enjoyed all of that yes and of course Florence is an absolutely beautiful area um, you know, I don't know, every time I've been to Italy, I've always made sure that I go to Florence. It's synonymous with love. Michelangelo, so yes. I'm sure you're going off to go and see something about him. Oh, yes. Mm. I mean, besides all the art galleries, also the food. I mean, the food is absolutely lovely. This is where your guide's going to take you on a walking tour the, to the academia. And this, as, as you say, you know, to see some of Michelangelo's works and, and, and specifically to see the Statue of David. Because that statue alone, you can have a 40-minute talk <laughs> just on that statue. Okay. It's so incredible, but you learn so much about the life of Michelangelo not only about his works and then you of course you go and get to uh, walk around that area there's so much to see the lovely marble um, Duomo um, get to have a little glass of wine and and here they start talking about the basic principles of Italian cooking and the Italian cuisine now what happens is the travel director starts to teach you a few Italian phrases and a few Italian words because what's going to happen in the next days is you're going to have to use those few words oh that you've learned <laughs> to go to the market and to actually go and buy the produce the local produce to bring back with you for your cooking lesson with a professional chef oh my goodness. so it's all okay. a lot of fun you know as he okay. starts to tell you now now remember you know these are the words that you need to know and you're practicing as you go along so it's a lot of fun as you go along as well the Tuscan lifestyle experience this is of course where you're going to actually to go to the market what happens is you go to the fruit and vegetable market in Florence and you meet your professional chef now he is a professional
professional Italian chef. You know, he does things his way. He wants the exact ingredients. And you set off to go and purchase these ingredients, which is a lot of fun. You know, you don't expect when you go on a trip like this that you actually have to do that. Meal. <laughs> and it's amazing the stories we've heard of people coming back with to the totally wrong ingredients, <laughs> the incorrect thing. But nevertheless, it's a lot of fun. Um, then, you know, the chef, the professional chef takes over. He starts to do the demonstration, explains everything to you, produces this delicious meal. And, of course, while he's doing that, everyone's enjoying a glass of shanty wine. Um, the tables are set and you all get to, you know, participate in that and enjoy an absolutely lovely meal, a, a true Italian meal. So now then, where are you off to after well, that? Well, we're off to, on day six, we're off to Parma via Pisa. Of course, again, you can't drive right, drive right past Pisa. You can't miss Pisa. the Tower, no. Of course not. And here we go to um, the amazing Leaning Tower. You get to see that lovely, majestic cathedral, all beautiful. And of course, this is all in the Square of Miracles. And people love to take their photographs here. Anyone that's been to Italy has got pictures of them trying to push up the Leaning Tower. <laughs> you know, the infamous one. Yes. Um, so, and then again, you're going to travel, uh, end up in Parma, where you're going to have another highlight dinner. And again, it's going to be all about the local specialities of that area of Parma that you're going to hear about and you're going to enjoy with your dinner, which is also included. From Parma off to Bologna? Bologna, yes. Now, again, also, you know, Bologna and the connection to spaghetti bolognese, yes. I suppose you would yeah. say, in South Africa. But again, but it's, it's renowned. Those, I think all cured meats, I think people are, yes. would have that in mind as well, you know. Parma, exactly. they're thinking of Parma of ham, course, for yes. example, and there's prosciutto yes. and mortadella. And, and mortadella, all, yes. Just, yeah, okay, so I'm drooling now. And so then you're tasting that all along the way. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so prepare to put on a little bit of weight on this trip as well. Um, but again, this is a really, this area is renowned for its culinary tradition and they tell you about the tradition as well it's not only just about tasting it is lovely to hear about the traditions and um, you get uh, the, your local guide who takes you to various little shops to show you the delicacies you know you might want to purchase something and bring it back with you good thing here though is he's taking you on a walking tour so yes. trying to get rid of all that stuff you've eaten the day before yes it okay. is a lovely walk and you know in Italy the Italians walk let me tell you they really do walk there's so much to see and sometimes it's just much easier Often Often the places that you're visiting, the roads are very narrow. You can get lost in an instant just walking on your own, walking through. But it's lovely to be with your guide that he can point out the various shops that have, that are specialists in specific different um, ingredients um, for you to try and whatever. So that's a really lovely day as well. And again, you'll be, you know, that evening you could actually go out on your own and try, you know, one of the local restaurants of your own. You can do your own thing that evening. So um, it gives you a little break from the rest of the group you've been with them all day and you can have a little bit of free time in that evening sounds wonderful and then we're off to this the magical place yes the magical, the place, magical of place of venice gosh yes. you can't miss venice i mean that would just be a crime yes i mean what i've loved about this trip so far is that you know you've had three nights in tuscany so it hasn't been a very fast pace it's been mm. quite slow and you've enjoyed the time and now you're going to end off in venice so it's almost been a one-way trip from rome rome you've traveled north all the way up to venice and you're ending off again with two nights in Venice. But again, you know, we include so much on that trip that I would definitely suggest that people consider staying an extra night in Venice because, you know, it's lovely to have that little bit of time on your own. You know, in Venice, we do what we call a secret walking tour because, you know, our travel directors love to take you on little walks to show you the sites that you would never, ever find in a guidebook of your own. You know, you have to be a local to know the places that they, they mm. take you to enjoy we call them the little hidden treasures the stories and the places that they take them to our, our lovely guests to that they would never find given they were just traveling on their own and that's the beauty of traveling on a Trafalgar guided holiday but um, they get to see so much and you know Venice is busy right through the year of course during the carnival it's it's a little more busy but um, it's busy uh, right throughout the year and it's a beautiful place to visit and again you're finding out about the regional cuisine and just really seeing Venice for everything that it is. We have a lovely little excursion there where you can go off to Burano, a little island just off um, Venice, close to Venice. I went there the last time I was there for a lovely seafood feast which was absolutely delicious and I would highly recommend that people do that little excursion as well because again that's something that you know it's not included but you 
can take it as an excursion, but it's well worth it to go to, to Burano. It was a lovely, lovely day. And of course, you know, you have a bit of time to do your own thing in Venice. Many people want to go and see the glass blowing. Of course, we include that. You get to really see these artisans, you know, with skills from many, many years back doing the glass blowing. Um, and it's lovely. It's really, really interesting to see. While you're in Italy, as I say, you're starting and ending in two of the most magnificent cities. Stay an extra night at the beginning in Rome and at the end in Venice. And you really will enjoy this trip for the lovely culinary experience, the flavors of Italy, as well as a little bit of time on your own. Right. So now we get down to all the brass tack things. So yes. tell me what this tour actually includes. The entire trip from when you arrive in Rome until... The last day in Venice will cost you around 21,200 rand per person. That's 10 days and it's first class all the way. All the little excursions, all the sightseeing is included, although we do offer some optional excursions. All the hotels, first class hotels, your travel director, all the local guides, the wonderful accommodation that we include. Um, and then, of course, we get to the meals. And here we have a lot of specialty meals because... No, apart from your nine hot buffet breakfasts that are included, you also get your Italian cooking lesson um, with the highlight lunch because, of course, you're going to enjoy that lunch. And five evening meals where we include the wine as well, the local wine. And that also includes your Be My Guest dinner and all the hidden treasures. Um, so it really included. is a lot included. It's a fabulous, fabulous trip. Now, all the entrances to the different sites, oh, that's all included Everything as well. that we include... All the sites are sighting. All, and, you know, it's, it's not only about the fee, the entrance fee. It's also about arranging your way into these sites. Mm. Because many of these sites you're going to, if you were traveling on your own. In a queue for a day. Exactly. You would be standing in a queue for hours. Um, with Trafalgar, you really do travel like a VIP because you skip all the queues. Mm. And that in itself saves you a lot of time because you're able to really make the, you know, get the best enjoyment of every single moment of your day. And although those little things, as we mentioned before about the baggage as well, you know, the, the portrait tips, the baggage, you know, you know, for us to take care of your baggage from beginning to end, for you not have to having to lug your baggage around, you know, in and out of taxis, in and out of cars and what have you. It also adds to the enjoyment and the overall enjoyment of your trip. And you're traveling by luxury coach. I luxury this. coaches. Our coaches are wonderful. Our drivers, as you can imagine, driving through Italy, know the area like the back of their hand. So you, you really are, you know, driven around very safely um, with our travel director, reclining seats, beautiful panoramic view windows. They're very, very comfortable. And if people are wanting to find out more about this, Teresa, where would be the best place to go to find out? Well, by all means, visit our website on www.trafalgar.com. We have all our offerings, all our itineraries on there with prices and departures and what have you. Um, but if you're wanting to call or you're wanting to book, please contact your nearest travel agent, your Asata travel agent, or you're welcome to call us as well on Johannesburg 280-8400. Okay, and how often do these tours depart to Italy? <laughs> Wow. Well, this specific one is is very very. It's going to be a real uh, popular one. Because this is know, new. This is very this new. This is new this year, and I know already the early departures are filling up. But we have four departures every month, literally. So if we've got four departures in May, June, wow. July, August, September, and then three in October as it starts to you know go into the to the low season. How many people do you take per tour? Well, we normally take around forty seven people, but often it's anything from say twenty five and up. Teresa, it sounds magical. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show. You're welcome. Thanks very much. Teresa Shevawa is the MD of Trafalgar, and she was talking to us this evening about their brand new inspired holiday called Flavours of Italy. Now, if you'd like to find out more about this, there are a couple of things you can do. You can either contact your local Asata travel agent. You can have a look at Trafalgar's website, which is www.trafalgar.com, or you can call Trafalgar in Johannesburg on 11 280-8400 And that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. And I'll be back with you next Monday evening just after nine with the Law Report. And being the first Monday of the month, I'll be joined in studio by attorney Michael Bagram. And we'll be talking about labour law, so join me then. If you need any information about something you've heard this evening, you can email me on travel at safm.co.za or take a look at the Facebook page, Travel on SAFM. And don't forget to drop me a line to let me know what you'd recommend to tourists in your town or your city.